Cool people aren't on the internet. They're not on Instagram. They're not trying to make a brand that's scalable. Cool people are like truly interfacing with their natural environment and with the people around them. Cool people you don't hear about. You don't read about in the New York Times. Cool people don't give a shit what the national dialogue is about all these issues that are constantly polluting our brain that really have no factor in our everyday lives. Like that's what I'm saying. It's like if there's a salad chain that is in every single, you know, urban center that is seasonal like it's not cool anymore it's just not it's like it's it's now just commercialized cool has become commercialized i'm saying i don't i don't want to live in a place where it's like a vibrant community full of young creative people like i call bullshit on that these people are just putting a bunch of plastic in landfills ultimately Welcome to Landline Podcast, a return to conversations that used to be important. On today's show, a Vermont hostel owner pretending to be European and a friend who wants to talk to him about it. A review from the analog world in the Landline Annex. And we hear from listeners on the Landline Answering Machine. Music by the Pitchfork Revolution out of Bend, Oregon. Voiceover by Brian, the professional voiceover artist. I will read anything you put in front of me. Here's your host, Alex McKay. Thanks, Brian. Excited about today's show. Thanks again for listening. Spread the word. Remember, we got to beat Rick Steves with our listens. So call the landline 503 894 8480. Tell us why you love landline and keep telling your friends. Thanks so much for the support. Our numbers continue to grow. If you don't see how this is all connected at the end between all these different phone calls and messages, then call the landline and complain. 503-894-8480. We want to hear from you. All right. Thanks for listening. Love it. Australia, keep up the good work. I know you think this is a different podcast, but just listen to this one. It'll be more interesting. All right. Bye. Landline. Landline podcast. I, I need a quick level check with you. Are you available? Hang on. Yeah, let me turn my radio down. Hang on. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so I'm about to do a pod about how there's no place suitable to live anymore. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. And so I was just wondering, though, a specific expertise of yours is dogs. And we don't have to get into your background, but... Um, we live in a home that you'll soon see for yourself when you come visit, but there's an apartment in the basement with separate tenants. And they have oh, a nice. Jack Russell mix named hum oh, Humphrey that, yeah. ha that has been barking incessantly since January 1st. Okay, so a normal Jack Russell then? And so there's been, they got a crate, they, they like put sort of like a plastic adhesive stained glass on all the windows. They tried all these different things. It's actually a really nice dog. I've met him a few times and he like jumps right in your lap and licks your face and is sweet. 
but the second yeah. they leave, he starts barking until they come back, and he get his his mouth and snout and neck get covered in his own saliva because of how much he barks, and you know it's not a. Oh, what's your take? Jack Russells are kind of like uh, the Joker, like they just thrive on chaos. As soon as his parents leave, he probably like tears things apart too. Uh, Eddie from Frasier. Famously, it was like one of the most mischievous dogs ever, like offset. Apparently, he would destroy his parents' house, you know, all the time. Like, he would, like, like pull the uh, uh, wallpaper off the walls. So, yeah, I mean, he's uh, going to live probably 15 to 18 years, so they should just get used to whatever it is that he does. But what do I do? Like, what are you going to do when you come stay in my downstairs guest room and hear him barking? That won't even phase me. I don't care. All right. Um, I'll call you later with, with other subject matter. Okay. Bye. Cool. Landline. Good evening, House of Every home of the Mad Burger. All your wildest dreams come true. What's your favorite color? <laughs> it's green, obviously. Yeah, green's a great color. Good good afternoon to you. Um, double cheeseburger, medium rare, bacon, sautéed onions, Hi. mayo. Hi, friend. Hey, Giles. Welcome back to Landline Podcast. Thanks, Alex McKay. How are you, sir? I'm great. I was just – I'm so sorry that your call waiting didn't go through. I was just finishing up a story about um, poisoning a dog with a flower in Japan. Um, which oh, no connects back to the barking dog in the apartment that abuts our home which connects back to today's landline podcast subject matter which is there's no one le- there's nowhere left to live anymore nowhere left to live anymore all the good places are gone so we're going to get into it we haven't heard from you for i think years which is embarrassing um usually we would fix ourselves a cocktail cocktail hour with giles um, but I, we didn't get that together, and and maybe that's okay. <laughs> classic fashion. <laughs> classic fashion. I mean, I've got a couple of cans of beer in the fridge downstairs, and you probably are standing in front of a full bar right now. Um, but let me just set the scene here. So Giles and I, good friends, talking on landlines together. Giles in Vermont, me in Oregon, um, and today's topic is really kind of to discuss at length the challenges of choosing a place to live in today's day and age and he's in a rural setting with sort of a a, an amazing opportunity to you know detach from urban society and live out a dream that so many of us are thinking about in our heads as we go through urbanism and i am um living in an urban society that he probably wants to go to the coffee shops of and go out to the clubs in and um you know, observe the fashion of, um, yet I spent most of my morning with meth heads on public transportation. So we're going to, we're going to poke holes in both options. Yep. Um, and before I ask you how you're doing, um, why don't I just do that? How are you doing? What's going on? Is it snowing? What are the landline observations you can make right now? Currently it is not snowing. Uh, although it has been one of the snowiest winters, if not, I mean, at this point, the snowiest winter since we've been here. So that's been amazing. So business has been booming. Amazing. At least Austin has been crazy busy. 
I, unfortunately, I don't know if you knew this, I had surgery on my foot last week. I um, ended up, we got into a little car accident. No, Nobody was injured other than me. We were going very slowly, but uh, I snapped my foot back on the brake and uh, popped my Liz Frank ligament, which connects my first and second metatarsals, and uh, had to have a plate installed and some screws and all sorts of fun shit. Holy so, shit. Uh, I've been hopping around on one foot for the last four and a half or five weeks, which has been kind of gnarly considering we also had a baby 13 weeks ago uh another little girl uh millie and um King mazel tov congratulations yes, from the entire landline boy community. and the girl and finn will be five in april and um yeah so i can say that life is um anything short of uh out of control right now i don't know Should the hits keep coming so are you like a one-footed bartender is that something we could oh recommend? yeah wow yeah i mean you know how the bar is set up here it's, it's basically everything's one step from everything it's as efficient as it could possibly be with the kind of parameters of what we got working so i feel like you should get a spittoon out and get a you know tobacco habit and maybe wear an eye patch just to kind of yeah, cover right. complete. <laughs> sit at the counter like the old italian men and take the ticket and the like, money and, and oh. yell at people when they're not quick enough with their order and wear a little oh, green yeah. vest you're fucking all into that sounds like a great idea so- <laughs> So I had no, like, so, ahead, sorry. no, sometimes things just line up. You know, I was brainstorming how I wanted to do this pod about, you know, comparing places to live and how there's no place to live. And I had just come back from the farmer's market on public transportation, which is a story I'm going to tell. And that is kind of like the quintessential urban opportunity that you miss when you live in the sticks and on its face sounds like so nice, you know, not, not, um, not needing a car, not needing a car, not burning gas, like having an efficient, almost a door to door service from my house to this like incredible farmer's market that has, you know, even in the middle of February, this incredible bounty of Oregon food. And, you know, that's urban, that's the, an urban market, um, you know, commands, uh, great opportunity and, and great food and all those things. But yep. right before I, um, came back into the house and put my kid down for a nap, we ran into our neighbors, a, a, a married gay couple um, who sort of is like, I feel like in Fantastic Mr. Fox or one of like the Danny the Champion of the World stories, there was like a thin, tall one and like a round, fat one, like the two farmers. And these two guys are like if two of those guys married each other. That's kind of how I can describe them to the audio world. But v- very nice gentlemen. They had just been back from Palm Springs where it rained four inches, which is more rain than Palm Springs gets ever. And so, you know, if you're listening to this in three weeks, it rained in Palm Springs for four weeks ago. And, you know, you can't get that on a weather app. So thank you very much to Landline. But um, the comment that they said in passing before we all went our separate ways was that they could get twice the house in Palm Springs if they wanted to. But that nobody talked to each other on the street there. Everybody was living behind some sort of gate or some sort of wall. And everyone makes their home in their backyard. And the shorter, rounder one said to me, you know, what I want is this and sort of made a hand movement to, to you know, to, you know, say what I like is running into my neighbors and talking to them outside their garages. And yeah. I was like, these guys don't know where to live either. And they're in their 60s and they've made their money and neither of them work anymore. And it's like this is a this is this podcast is worth recording, basically. So it gave me a little bit of a. um you know, some rocket fuel going into this topic, but um, it is. Do you think it's just like our human condition before we get into the specifics? Yeah, I think, I think it's just an expectation that people have of, the, of of life, and that you know that that big change or that big move or whatever is going to solve the problem or be the solution or whatever you know cliche phrase you want to put.
I think no matter what, you can find flaws with wherever you are, and at the same point, like you can find the good points and the points that make it worth, you know, uh, continuing to be where you're at and, and uphold and maintain that kind of status quo. It's a it's a fucking it's a mind fuck, dude. We, we, you, me, Anna, Sarah, a lot of our friends, like it's a struggle. We've all talked about openly with each other to the point of like, how cool would it be to like create a community somewhere and do something? But like, it's just the reality of it is, it's never. It's never going to be enough for anybody, you know? Or that's never actually going to happen is another way of looking at it. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. So, all right, well, let, let's start with you because I think I've always truly admired your chutzpah and whereas many of the people our age have sort of said they could do this, that, or the other thing, you've actually done it. So yeah. um, you're from Wisconsin, you chose a coast, you went east, and you oh. have you have not only gone sort of city and country, but you've put Europe into the mix, which is sort of like – you know, the drop the mic moment that people will use to like go, you know, fully off the reservation. And, and even that has had its flaws, I guess. So, yeah, oh, definitely. So tell me about if you, if you're willing to, like, tell me about your great crisis about where, where to live. Well, there's, it's like that, the, the we've created a, a weird, I don't know, weird is the wrong word. Uh, we've created a sort of existence where we have a, a almost a dichotomous existence of, when we're working, we're working. It's nonstop. It's it's kind of an overwhelming, but you know, necessary you know means to an end. And then when we stop, we stop, and we actually play hard, and we take you know what some people consider you know unreasonable amounts of time off. But you know, it, 120 days wouldn't be abnormal. Um, and so we kind of you know hoped to find a balance in all of that, and 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 so we would balance kind of what our needs were as. as human beings and, and this family and, and a couple or whatever for like catch our city time when we could catch our city time. Um, and that was usually when we weren't working. And then when we're here and working, yeah, we're in the middle of nowhere, but when you're working all the time, it doesn't affect you as much as when you're here and there's nothing going on because we are kind of isolated in the middle of nowhere. And unless you drive north, you're, you know, further into the middle of nowhere if you drive in any other direction. Um, and, and but you you did take the move of like okay if someone's sitting around on their you know third glass of wine with their wife being like I hate where we live we got to get out of here like what can we do like let's move to the country I want to be able to like have my kids chase lightning bugs and look at the stars and you know go camping and have a back porch and be able to buy a house for less than six hundred thousand dollars some then it's like well then who are we gonna hang out with where who are our friends what are we gonna do how are we gonna have a social life you know everyone's gonna be white as if they have some multicultural hang that they that they have in the you know that they're gonna leave in the urban center but that's a whole nother topic so so when you get to the place one way to solve that problem on its face is to create the hub where everyone comes and that's what you guys did you you know, bought a, what was, I don't know if it was a, it wasn't a hostel, it was like an, a B&B, right? And this is Not like... even, yeah, it was like a high-scale restaurant. The, the people were living upstairs in the building. And you put all this cool love and uh, creativity into the building, and it's well done, and it's been written up, and it's got a restaurant, and it's got a bar, and it's got cool table games, and it's got cards, and it's got a bunk room, and it's got a private room, and it's got a fireplace, and it's like, I mean... Uh, yeah, no private rooms anymore, but yeah, I used to, but yeah, the, the point being, it's got a lot of good stuff. And it's and you live there, and it's like you are now at the center. I mean, you're like the, um, to go, to, I guess, to another Wes Anderson reference, you're like the Hotel Budapest of... of you know, Budapest Hotel of Central Vermont in 2019. Not a bad analogy. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's 
in, other than becoming cartoons um, or what actually that wasn't a cartoon, but you know. So, so, but there are still flaws, right? I mean, you still feel isolated or bored or, I mean, and you don't need to like share, you know, obviously we support your business and we, I love going there and we want everyone to think it's awesome, but you know, you give us a little slice into the, there's some downside there. Yeah. Like, and, and work becomes, you know, I don't know if you know, you know, I have friends who've been in the bar industry now for, you know, owning their own place for 30 years. I have, you know, one friend in Rome specifically and you see the wear and tear it takes on those people. And you see that And as somebody who's been in it now almost 20 years and has been a part of a lot of different businesses and see how it affects people and as they age and whatever, like, I don't want to be 55 hustling like I am now. Like, I will if I have to. And I respect the fuck out of people who do, but, like, that's not, I don't know, man. That's just, this is an industry that, that, that kills people and it, it's a very, it's work. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. people don't see the head in the toilet. They don't see the, you know, up till 5 a.m. cleaning, doing everything, so that the next morning they, you know, they walk down and it looks like not 500 people were there the night before or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Right, right. And then what about, so there's the work aspect, and then what about being in, like, a bucolic setting? It, what You know, what are sort of, what's the what's the flip side of that? Because people coming up from New York City to go skiing at Sugarbush – and staying with you, I guarantee on the drive home when they're thinking about like their 10 a.m. morning conference call, they're like, fuck, I should just go live up there and, you know, you know, open a meat roasting restaurant or whatever it is. That do it. Come up here and do it. This place would be a lot cooler if people just did that shit. Right. There's a lot of people, you know, then that's that's okay. One, that's just life. It's just people talking. Oh, I would I was thinking about doing this and I was going to do that someday and whatever. I'm like, cool, man. But then go do it. You know what I mean? And and this. And some people have, like, right? There's the like, like these, yeah, no, there's tons of people who do, but it seems like there's this like general expectation, maybe that you know, if you're not out doing the coolest thing or whatever, it's not, it's not right, or it's not, you know, what you should be doing. When like, it, the, it's the work, and it's like the work ethic that gets you to the point of enjoying what you do and like having the ability to take vacations and do things, whatever. It's not, it's not the fun and games that everybody sees when I'm behind the bar that it's like has made this place run and operate and do the things. You know what I mean? It's not my wife putting in the time behind the scenes and doing all the design and all that shit. It, it, it's everything. You know what I mean? I don't know how to... Well, no, that's... But it, well, what about the place? Like, what... Like, obviously, it's fun to go to on... You know, you're, you're five minutes... You're ten minutes from the from first chair on a day off on a yeah. powder day if you if you can hit it right and the storm is midweek and you don't have to worry about guests or it's... Yeah. You know, you've got right. somebody else doing the work that day. So... That's amazing. Um, you know, obviously, like sitting down to a real, real pancake breakfast at like a Vermont, you know, diner or pancake house with like the snow falling down, and your kids being able to have like an experience of true Americana in a world where that's becoming increasingly something that people put together in a city as sort of like a facade of a mm. bygone era. I mean, that's really cool. You know, having like a true snow day where the town shuts down and somebody like comes by and knocks on your door at 11 in the morning and like, you know, hangs out and drinks a fourth cup of coffee and makes a snowman with your kids. That's really cool. I mean, these are the cool things, right? And there's probably more. I mean, what are other, what are other cool things I'm forgetting? I mean, that's Vermont in the winter, dude. It's like where everybody wants to be. And if the snow's good and everything's good, like what, why wouldn't you want to be here? Right. That's what it, but that you got to be into that. You know what I mean? And that's got to be your thing. And like, those have to be the, priorities in your life that make those things important and like you know me i didn't move here to ski or snowboard 
Right. You know what I mean? Like, that was never a priority, and it still blows people's minds when they're like, oh, how many days are you getting? I'm like, zero. And they're like, what the fuck? You live here. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I work here. You know what I mean? Like, I get it that everybody else comes up here and they're on vacation or they're drunk on vacation. And it's like, they, they see what they want to see through their lens because their lens is what they have access to. When, and it, when the ultimate reality of it all is like, just because you're on vacation up here doesn't mean everybody else is on vacation up here. Well, then, what are the parts of the city that you miss the most? I guess that's a good way to phrase the question. Like, beyond your work and your business and the kind of, like, yeah. the flip side of waking up after hosting an awesome People, party. Dude, like, diversity, uh, like, uh, language and communication and just watching, like, human interaction that's not the same type of person interacting with the same type of person. Um, over and over again. Yeah, stimulation, just... And it doesn't even, like, I'm not even, like, a huge, like, I like art, I like music, whatever. I, you know, I try to do play-by-roll in those in those areas and do things that I can for people. But, like, I'm not a huge, like, culture, like, let's go to the museum every day guy sort of thing. But it's nice to have those options and right. not have to drive an hour to get to them. You know what I mean? Right. And that's, like, the, you know, when you're looking at, like, what's, okay, what do I have to do today? I've got X, Y, Z. Well, if we want to do something with the kids, well, it's a 45-minute drive each way plus the 15 or 20-minute time to get them rounded up each way. So now you're talking, like, not even to do the activity you want to do, that's two hours out of your day. Whereas, like, in a city, if I'm like, hey, Finn, let's go to the market, or hey, Finn, let's go to the whatever, that's a 15-minute walk or a 10-minute bus ride or whatever, and it's, it doesn't take all of your planning and effort to, like, get a little thing that probably isn't that important, but it's just getting out of the house. It takes all day to get that done. And, like, that stress and that, like, unknowing of when you're going to be able to do some things again, it's just, ugh. That's that's a definite plight that's different in the city for sure. All right, well, let me uh, paint you a picture of the city because I did a lot of those things this morning. So Anna's out of town. I've got Homer on my own. That's great. Wake up, watch a little TV, you know, PBS, PBS, Wild Kratts or, or Sesame Street. Yeah. Make some uh, hot. Wild, wild yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, put We're some. a little young for Wild Kratts, isn't he? Well. I, how dare you comment on my parenting from 3,000 miles away? So I mean, listen, Finn was watching Jurassic World at like two years. So he just uh, called it the dino movie. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> I have no legs to stand on. Um, make... No pun intended, get it? That was a I'm injured joke. Uh, you missed it. I did. Do you want to tell it dad again? Jokes. See, we could do dad jokes, too. Oh, God. Um... Just yeah, yeah. I make a, you know, I make a pot of artisan coffee. I have some free range eggs on toast. We take for the dog for a walk in our nice residential urban neighborhood. We see the, you know, the train yard down the big cliffside at the park. Very exciting. The fog is coming up over the hills and the city. Lots for a kid to look at. Um, I'm going to focus on the positives here and then give you kind of the shadow of everything. Then we get rounded up, take the stroller to the light rail, which is right by the house, take it down to the far- farmer's market. There's 50 different booths. I get an incredible array of you know pastured meats and local vegetables. I get Homer a, a mini apple fritter at the donut shop. We go to the playground. There's a couple of other kids there. They play on the slide. There's interactions. There's social we take the train back to home, and it's time for a nap. Okay, great. A city morning, efficient, fun. That sounds like a hell of a day. It's great. So what what were the negatives? Well, it started out with the just the crumpled up newspaper on the train car in the middle of the train, right. 
which was just really a an indicator species of the the population on the train which i think over 50 percent have are not on methamphetamines but have like tried them at least once in their life right so you know there's definitely a line that we all cross i mean a lot of people have done harder quote drugs but like meth is kind of you know a pretty out there move so there's that um there is the um fact that that exact same crumpled up newspaper was on the exact same train because it's an out and back train we got on the same train car going back two and a half hours later and nobody had picked up that newspaper and there's just no way in the world that the same newspaper was crumpled up in the middle of the aisle at the same spot in another car maybe maybe there is maybe there is while we're waiting for the train on the way back this guy starts Walking down the train tracks, he's probably 65, screaming, combing his beard with his hands, spittle and like dried tobacco from a cigarette all over his beard, saying, fuck shit, you know, this, that, the other. Obviously, like a, you know, schizophrenic or some severely mentally ill person, you know, shit face drunk or coming down, kind of comes up to Homer and I screams at all the people on the platform calls this woman next to me a whore and tells her to look away nobody does anything about it people are like plugged into their headphones plugged into their phones they're just playing the like i'm not going to do anything about this card i was going to call the cops but he like kept on moving we get on the car i see the newspaper again i start to kind of tune into the population on the ride home this woman gets on at one stop And then she says to somebody out the door, wait, I forgot my shoes, gets back off, gets back on with two boots. I look at her. She's completely fucked up. She's clearly been up for like 36 hours. She has these like brand new hiking boots that she's put on the seat next to her. She takes the train for one stop, then gets off at the train stop. The train door closes and she's left her shoes on the train. So we go to the next stop and I decide to take an action step and I just throw the shoes off onto the platform at the next stop because, like, in my landline brain, maybe she ends up walking the train tracks looking for them and somehow runs into them or whatever. It reminded me of the scene – do you remember Adventures in Babysitting, a very landline yeah. movie? Yeah. So there's that scene where Elizabeth Shue's friend, her name is Rebecca or something like that, has stuck in the – Becky. Becky. She's stuck at the bus station. She's lost her glasses She's in downtown Chicago. Her parents have kicked her out. She can't see anything. And she's like making a call out of a phone booth from a landline. And this homeless guy, she's freaking out on the phone saying, you've got to come pick me up to Elizabeth Shue, who plays the babysitter. And this homeless guy is like, you're in my house. You're in my house. And she opens the like um, accordion phone booth door and throws his shoes outside and says, you just moved. And then slams the door again. And I was like, that's how I felt throwing this woman's. Shoes, and then I know I'm on like a long thing here, but then a, a few no, it's okay. a, it's good. a few stops later, another guy gets on who had seen just get a, a, one of the like regular people at the train stop to give him a dollar. He gets on and asks me through a toothless grin where he's got one buck tooth at his front lip if that's my son I'm with, and I say to him, "Who else would it be?" And he's like, "I don't know. Some people get on the train with their nephews or their nieces," and he starts talking. He did, actually. I was like, fuck. 
And so we, we, he rides next to me for like the last two stops. I'm with Homer asking me all these questions, talking to me, telling me, telling me how he has a nine month old granddaughter. This is a street person who's like clearly high on Coke or meth. Who's just talking to me. And it's kind of like, yo, what the fuck? Why do I, I understand homelessness and mental health are huge issues. I, you know, I, to put the whole picture together, I'm going through this city. I'm paying, you know, a bunch of money to live here. I work hard. I'm trying to go to the farmer's market on public transportation. There's trash all over the cars. There's all these homeless people on the train route all over the street. They're getting on. They're getting off. They all have free transportation. They all have cell phones, by the way, to get a little okay. landline barb in there. You know, they're forgetting their shoes. They're totally tweaked out. My kid isn't scared, which is kind of great, right? He doesn't even have the oh, kind so that's of. That's what you want, though. This is like I'll let you finish and then I'll go. So, go so ahead. I mean, that's the world, and it's kind of like okay. Meanwhile, the books and I, I was, we were texting, God forbid, um, before to get prepped for the episode, and I was saying, you know, the the books I'm reading my kid before his nap and before bed, everything is like. You know, Farmer John lives in a beautiful meadow or like the toad is taking the blue truck to pick up all his friends. And like all the scenes are bucolic, like rolling hills with butterflies and owls and crows and the sun rising or the moon rising and the ocean. And there's never a cell phone. Like I want somebody should start producing books with cell phones in them for kids because that's the world they're living in. And why are all these soon to be extinct animals in these kids books? They're going to be completely fucking confused when they grow up and realize that all these animals that they've, you know, grown up thinking are like we can go and see and frolic with in the ocean have been, you know, killed to extinction. And like, you know, that there's never a scene in the world where they get to watch like a beautiful butterfly go over a meadow without a power line or a plane or a cell phone tower in the background. And so, you know, how do these two things go together? Well, in my brain, they go together perfectly. Like, I'm representing a world that isn't going to exist to my kid. And in the meantime, the world that does exist is this sort of, like, weird cacophony of, you know, urban growth with huge amount of wealth meets, like, public transportation and homelessness. And, you know, cell phones everywhere, iPods or whatever those things are, you stick in your ears everywhere. And, you know, if you think I'm just shoehorning the technology and in the end, I think it's part of the picture that we're not like in tune with what our environment is because we can just get in our car, be a single occupancy driver and escape from it all with our like New York Times daily podcast. So there you go. There's eight minutes where people have either loved my podcast or turned it off. And now I need to take a deep breath and let you comment. Landline. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This week's Landline Podcast is brought to you by Bald Eagles, currently nesting near the confluence of the Columbia and Willamette Rivers and visible from my rental home. And by Backcountry Skiing, sunny, snowy, relatively removed from the general public and powered by saturated fat and cans of beer. And finally by Dog the Bounty Hunter, which shows every night on the Justice Channel. I believe that's 8-3 on my digital antenna. If that hair and those sunglasses can't get you going for 45 minutes on a Tuesday night, the internet has truly ruined you, brah. How's it? Back to the show. Hire a babysitter and grab a bomb. It's time for the Annex on Landline Podcast. Oh, hey. 
Hey, you're on the podcast. It's your weekly appearance. Hey, Pod. How are you? I'm about to do a um, long episode with Giles about how there's nowhere to live in the world. Um, but can you just give it, give us the Humphrey update? Because I just got an Okay, ex- Humphrey uh, report is that I was awakened by Humphrey at 3.45 this morning. Pulling a Humphrey. Just barking. Just barking. Where were they? And I texted, I fucking texted Sharon and was like, what's up with your dog? Seems a little early for this kind of behavior. (laughs) And she texted me back at like 420, like, I'm sorry for the early hour. I meant to tell you we're going out of town this week. I'll I'll text you the number of my friend who's watching him. And I was like, with all due respect, like, I don't need your friend's phone number. I need your dog to stop barking. Whoa. Um, It's really stressed out. And it's, you know, at least give us the option of going to it and, like, comforting it. And and then what happened? I'm sorry. We're trying really hard. And I was like, I know, I know you are, and like, I know y'all are earnest people, and Humphrey's a good dog, but he has severe separation anxiety and barks incessantly when he's not with you, or um, when there's not a person in the apartment with him. So we need to come up with a different solution. Well, Max, sa- like, Max says that J- Jack Russells live 15 to 18 years. Yeah, and it's only, like, six years old. Yikes. And she was like, well, I'll request, I'll see if my friend can, like, take care of it at night. And I was like, it needs to have a different place than inside its crate by Sunday night. And if that needs to be in our house, like, that's fine. But whoa, it can't, it can't be. It's too stressful. I couldn't sleep, and it's, like, the dog is just, fucking annoying so how is this how is this story landline i haven't involved the police (laughs) i'm talking to her directly through text (laughs) i think i mean barking dogs predate the internet i could have just like put this on twitter and let her find out about it that way but I'm taking care of business. That's how it's landline. And do you think that, um, like me being a complete pansy when it comes to, um, you know, confronting them firsthand is an indication of how I'm not landline? Um, you're very landline in other ways, but you are, you are the pansy in the family when it comes to confronting neighbors. And I'm happy to, to be the pants wearer. All right, so really quick before you go, because you're on a cell phone on a ferry in upstate Washington, and you should probably just hang up on me. I'm on the beach, actually. I just saw a kingfisher. The ferry hasn't left yet. Okay, cool. Well, just really quickly, can you tell the poison flower story? Because that's pretty landline. Okay, so my sister and her husband had two kids under, under three living in what is the equivalent of a suburb outside of Nagoya, Japan. Um, And they had a very American Chesapeake Bay Retriever who also had some separation anxiety. And every time they drove away, Billy the dog would bark. 
Um, and I don't know how long she would bark for or whatever, but there's this concept in, in Japan called the wa, which is the unspoken, accepted peacefulness of a community. And disrupting the wa is literally punishable by death. And one day, Liz came home and the mouth. Wait, say that again. The call waiting just came in. Wait one second. Wait one second. Um, I don't know how to. Giles? Wait, it's you. It's me. Okay, finish up. So, so they upsetting. I, the... I know. I can catch myself up. So basically, Billy is seizuring and foaming at the mouth, and there's like a cartoon bite out of a, a flower next to her. And she takes the flower in to the vet, and the vet's like, oh, she got the poison flower, which is basically like an acceptable way of dealing with disruptions to the in Japan. All right, amazing. Throw a poison flower in the yard and let the dog eat it. Nothing more landline like than that. Okay, I got to go. I love you. Bye. Landline. Well... I love when you go on those rants because you, you bring up so many uh, purpose purposeful like comments. Like you're you're trying to make a point with each statement, and you're trying to, to put you know meaning behind what you're saying. And, and but it's so confusing and, and has no point. Yeah, I mean, I guess like uh, do we have we talked since we since Rome since we were I mean we were in Rome last winter, and my only job was to watch Finn and hang out with Cleo. And I'm not gonna lie, it was hard as fuck. We had a great time. Finn and I will never forget that, and it was amazing. And, Finn, your son, uh, and Cleo, your dog. Yeah, Cleo's our yeah little French bulldog. And 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 we were in a situation where like we're in downtown Rome. You know what I mean? Like it's filthy. It's it's all of the things you're describing and more. And then throw in you know a million tourists who are lost, who are literally almost getting hit by cars every you know like like when we first moved there, I looked at Finn and I was like, hey dude. So you know how we have the parking lot rule at home, which is if you're in, we're in a parking lot, you got to be holding my hands, you know, because I don't want you to run off and get hit by a car. And he was like, yeah, Dad. And I'm like, cool, the whole place is a parking lot, buddy. He, and his look on his face was like, oh, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> the whole place is a parking lot? Like, uh, you, I, I, I like to use all of those things you were describing as like, and not every time, obviously. I'm not some fucking superhero, but like as learning experiences for my child and, and showing him that like, hey, that, Maybe that behavior isn't appropriate, but, like, people are going to do those things, and you just got to make sure that they're not harming anybody else and they're not harming themselves. And uh, all those things that come with city come with people, you know? And, like, I'm okay with that. I Those are the things that bother me the least because, like, yeah, there's a little bit of an element of, of unsafety or, or whatever word you want to use at times, but no less than there is around here when everybody's got guns and everybody's, you know... It, there's there's so many opportunities where you can you can pick one way or the other and and and, and this is in parenting and in in choosing where you're going to live and choosing how you're going to interact with people and you always have I guess you always have a choice first and foremost but you always have the ability to like do something that isn't the status quo and and you shouldn't give a fuck about if you're doing it or not and I keep thinking back to you keep talking about technology and the kids and you know, there's no cell phones in the books. Well, like, 
there shouldn't be any cell phones in my kid's book because my kid doesn't ever touch a cell phone. And when I mean like he doesn't ever touch a cell phone, he literally doesn't ever touch a cell phone. And I know people who are like, oh, how do you do that? And you're like, you just don't hand him the fucking phone. You know what I mean? Like, you have that very simple opportunity to be like, oh, I'm the adult, I'm in charge. What are my options here? I can either make a good example of this, I can make a bad example of this, or I can acquiesce because I'm too busy doing whatever else I'm doing to actually parent my child. I, I don't know, but like... Which is just being like, on your cell phone. I mean, that's what people are busy doing, by the cor- way. Correct. The and great it's like, irony it's the same of thing with where you want to live. Like, you can bitch and moan about whatever problems there are in the places that you live, but like, if you have a problem with the trash on the train... I should have picked it up. Bring a, no, bring a trash bag with you every time you come, and you know what? Fill a trash bag, and maybe you inspire somebody else to do that the next time. So that is... You know I mean? like, so that's such a like, great... Like, like, do the... Like, like, I've been saying this for like six months now to a lot of people... Because they're like, how do we fix all this? There's a lot of like local problems we have, but they're bigger Vermont problems and they're bigger societal problems. And 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 I feel like society as a whole, like ten remember ten years ago there was that like think global, act local movement. Like what the fuck happened to that? Like what the fuck happened to people actually having like involvement in their own community where they're actually taking responsibility for their own actions well, and their own votes? Trump, their Trump own, happened. And their own, all of it, but their own like allowing their uh, administrators and elected officials to spend the money on what they spend their money on without saying anything and then complaining about it after the fact. Like, there's enough Monday morning quarterbacking that goes on after NFL games. Like, it, the whole societal thing is like everybody's got an opportunity every day to make this world a better place. Even if it's just smiling at somebody on the fucking public transportation, or even if it's you just having that conversation with that dude who you clearly thought had mental health issues. Like, maybe his, that conversation with you, he's like, oh shit, it was really nice to talk to that guy. Well, he was his day. He was it's greasing not, me for some it, money, but but I but no, I of course not. But oh, of course I, he is. But like, but I did what I but if but, you but I did for five seconds. Be like, hey man, I don't got any money, but like, hey, right. you know, like, how's your day going? People care when you listen. People care when you ask them about them. You know what I mean? Like, it means a lot to people to feel like somebody's interested. Or show my kid that you don't have to just ignore them and like not Correct, pretend like they're there. Just be like because that's what gets these people to do crazier shit. Right. It's like you, you, know you I mean? say, because, you say, well, you, well, I, I did this and nobody cared, so now, well, I'm going to do this and see if people care. And like, it's like, that's you, you, not okay. you got to say to that person. Like what's going on throughout society right now. There's the people are, are like thinking that it's okay to do crazy shit when clearly we all know it's not. And yet shit's just, people are just doing crazier and crazier shit because they're not getting an illicit response to the thing that they did that was crazier before then. Right. And, and everyone, like, just to tie this into like local news, like or not local news, national news, like the Jesse Smollett thing or whatever his name is, I have no idea who that is. I've been out of the news cycle for fucking five weeks since I hurt my foot. Like, I don't even know the name of the Packers head coach right now, okay? Like, that's how out of the news cycle I am. And just like reading two articles this morning being like, wait, this guy did what? With what? After he had already done what? Like, what is he calling out for attention for? Like, what are all these people like? It doesn't make any sense. And why are we? It doesn't he- make any sense. Yeah, and 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 I think yeah. There, well, there's a lot there. I mean, I think the the I'm not key- trying to go down that rabbit hole. I just, no, I just no. The key the, like, the key what? to me of what you said there is really the bring a trash bag or pick up the trash and and respectfully tell somebody on the train you don't want to speak to them or you're just trying to have fun with your kid or. Um, you know, it's, I don't, I, I wanted to turn to him, but you know, we got off. It was only about two minutes. Had it been longer, I would, I would have turned to him and said, 
sir, I really don't understand what you're saying. He would like run his mouth all over itself and he was not making a point. And then he would say, you know what I mean? And it was like, no, I don't know what you mean. You're making no sense. You're clearly fucked up. And you just say that to the guy. And but you know what? People are afraid because somebody got stabbed on the max two years ago and like blah, 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 oh, blah, blah. And like, somebody got stabbed in the 50 million riders. Exactly. Exactly. And then other people. Like stop living in a fear world. Like everybody's got to pull their head out of their asses and realize like it is the safest time in the fucking history of the world to be alive. As but so that that muscle that you're talking about, that picking up the trash, that telling someone how you feel that like you know, be the change you want to see, which has been completely co-opted into like, that's bullshit. And that's fuzzy. That is at the core. I think of the technology issue. Everyone is reading the times articles about Facebook doing X, Y, and Z. Everybody is saying that it's so rude. We're not logging off of Facebook. We right, exactly. That. And, and you're also not saying at a dinner party, like put your cell phone away. It's really rude. And so like, right. you know, there is this in, there's this incredible, the, the, the technology aspect of all of this stuff is, um, I think, intertwined with your point because also people are able to constantly create the environment of insulation for themselves based on the audio, video, visual, you know, and sort of input mechanism that is their smartphone. And so very rarely are people challenged with somebody cutting in line and having to speak up or nobody's being held accountable. Exactly. Or excuse too afraid to say anything in the first place. You know, and you know, that goes all the way to all of these things that have been lost around holding doors for people or saying <sighs> saying hello when you see them in the morning. Just like being a decent human being. Yeah. Like how is that not in, like at the core of everything like I know you and I know Anna and I know how you're raising Homer and I can guarantee you it's just like be a good human dude be a good human like you're not gonna have to worry about much man just be a good human being right well but I um, mean like it's fucking crazy dude let's put a little um, break here 503-894-8480 is the landline call leave a message if there is a old fashioned task you're holding on to old fashioned human interaction you're holding on to and you want to share with others leave a message on the landline 503-894-8480 um, well, let's go back to our subject at hand just quickly so that we don't get completely off in outer space. So we've established sort of the weekend beauty of a rural environment. And like, let's name some of them. The Hudson River Valley, the Skagit River Valley, Vermont, you know, wine country, all the places that like millennial slash hipster slash, you know, younger than baby boomer people are trying to crack the code of like all my work happens in the you city. Exactly. Right. So I mean, everybody between 30 and 40 is wondering to themselves, you know, here are your options. You move home and feel like you've regressed back into a world that you were supposed to propel out of because you were given the keys to any education, any job you wanted as someone who is growing up as the grandkid of ba of um, the greatest generation and, you know, the, the kids of baby boomers. You can move to a city. You can have a big job. You can rent an expensive apartment or maybe you buy an apartment in like whatever your Brooklyn is and you work all the time and your kids go to daycare and you see them on the weekends and you're the ones who are like flying the direct flight from Boston to, um, you know, Aspen or, or whatever that one is that I saw a headline this year of like now boss now JetBlue is offering direct flights to, you know, not Snowbird, but not Vail, but one of the places, you know, one Steamboat. of the steamboat. Exactly. OK, so now you can fly from steamboat 
from Boston to Steamboat Direct. Guess what? Fuck that. I fucking hate that idea. That's just making people in Boston be able to live their life someplace else on the weekend, burn a shitload of carbon in a metal tube getting there and completely, you know, regress from kind of creating a more uh, continuous community in the place that they live. But that's a whole nother topic. All right. So you can do that. You can live in the country like Giles and you can even live in the country and not go to the degree you have to engage. You can you know, I guess do art, do pottery, you know, do like start a start a small business, become a lawyer. You could be in a lawyer or a dentist or, you know, uh, whatever. You could become town manager. But then you feel like you don't have any um, of the, you know, much needed diversity. Your your school system sucks. There's an opioid e- epidemic. All of them have flaws. All of them had to have advantages. That's, and if, that's what I was saying before. Like there's no there's no win win. Well, so, but I mean, we have never to. Going, there's never what? going to be. So either you accept the fact that there's never going to be, and you therefore strive to make the place you are and the place maybe you want to be in 10 years or whatever the best place it can be. But otherwise, what else can you fucking do, man? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing that I wake up every morning seeing, you know, trying to figure out. I pay too much rent in a house that I can't buy because it's too expensive and it's not for sale. I, Everybody wants to live where you want to, where you are, and then they get there and they go, "Oh, it's not that great." And then I like everywhere else. Have it's a just hard, like everywhere else. Too. I have a hard time making friends because I'm constantly staying in touch with people like you through text messaging, and you know I don't get to go up to the mountain to go skiing because I refuse to be a weekend warrior who's going to like wait in line for 45 minutes to get on a chairlift. So, I mean, what, yeah, you know, is the end of Landline Podcast, as always, just you, everyone should just go, you know, shoot them, shoot themselves. I mean, it's not funny. <laughs> it's like, what is the, we got to, we have to give people a takeaway. We can't just say it's all fucked. Or is that, is that no, Landline I think, I think National? It is, I think it just is all fucked. And it's just kind of like how you decide you want to ride out the fucking train. And I'm not trying to be pessimistic in that sense. It's more of like a, the reality of the situation is, is how much control do you actually have over what's going on? Some, but not a lot. How much control, how much ability do you have to shape the world around you do you have? Some, but not a lot. But, like, you can shape your own reality in directions that are positive or negative or beneficial or detrimental. Like, there's so much that each individual person can do just in terms of, like, their own happiness. Like, be responsible for your own happiness. Like, don't put that shit on other people. Like, find what it is you want to do and do it and do it to the best of your ability. And sometimes it's going to work out and sometimes it's not, but like you're going to be a better human being because you tried it, not because you didn't try it. So what is that for you then? I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to, if you're not going to bartend at the hostel when you're 55, like how are you guys going to skin the cat? Are you going to stay rural? Are you going to keep migrating? Are you going to go to Europe to feel like you're, you know, part of the global society? Like, what do you do? I don't know, man. I don't think Europe's the answer. I don't think Europe has ever been the let's, answer. Let's talk about that for five minutes because I think, you know, 10 years ago, people thought Europe was a way to, like, chill out, kind of detach. It is, it is, but in terms of, like, a long-term solution, well, like, but they have just as many, if not more, problems than we have here. And to be like, oh, it's really fucking great over there is just to be like, well, I don't have to participate in the system. Yeah, so I'm not talk a, whatever. about that. So, like, that's whatever. a cop-out. That's talk, a fucking cop-out. Talk and about that. Talk about how Europe is isn't the like Shangri-La that people thought it was, you know? And I, again, well, I mean, it can it can be if you're fucking loaded and you don't have to worry about anything, right? But if you have to like actively participate in society and work and like get get stuff done and like have a, a job and 
be a human being that like has to pay bills and things like it functions kind of you know like i don't know how else to explain it like when you tell somebody that you went to the post office and it took six hours and they're like well what, what did you leave and then go to lunch and then come back and you're like no 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 showed up at 9 a.m i punched my ticket and i was number 72 and they're like what number did they start on and you're like i don't know and they're like well why did it take six hours and i was like after six hours number 72 came on the board what do you want me to tell you like that's how the shit works over there there's no rhyme or reason. It's fucking how many how many millennia older than us and has their systems down. Right, and it's also just there's been no convenience. There's no like, uh, I mean, they try to do all those things, but they they just don't do them well. I don't know. It's America's just really good at being efficient and doing crazy shit and like making people think that everybody else should do it the way we do it because I don't want to say it's better, but like it is kind of more efficient most of the time and it does seem to be most cost effective and it's why we are where we are as a country. You know, like, it. Well, are you going to go to Italy again this summer? Uh, I'm I'm hoping to go back. Uh, yeah, at least for a couple of weeks. I'm going to go. You know, hopefully go to Berlin as well and see our friends there and get some more body artwork done. And and what? Um, I mean, long. You're so you're just going to kind of like hang with the plan you've got now for as long as it works. Yeah, I mean, what else can I do? Well. I, I, I've got a business that operates successfully six months out of the year, and then six months out of the year is a struggle. Whatever. That's not, you know, that's not any secret or anything. Right. There's, there's an economy around here that is solely based on snow. So not only are we seasonal, but we're weather dependent. So great. This year was great for snow. Amazing. Like, thank, thank the Lord. But what happens if it doesn't snow next year, dude? Right. Like, that's what I don't think anybody is, is really understanding or preparing themselves for is that, like, what happens if it doesn't snow? And that's not an, like an unrealistic statement, I don't think. Well, there are people who live in like Westchester County and take the train into work and send their kids to daycare and ride horses on the wind. And I don't even mean the ultra rich. Like, let's just say that like there are people who are, you know, no smarter or less smart than you and I. And, you know, we're given no more or less opportunity. And they have chosen, you know, not just Westchester, but living in, you know, North of the San Francisco of the Golden Gate Bridge and, um, you know, all the places living, you know, in the suburbs of northern Chicago. And they've decided to live sort of what I think a lot of people would refer to as a basic life in today's day and age. They just are subscribing to what's going on. Like they do use their phones at dinner and nobody complains about it. And they do, you know, write Yelp reviews and they do. Um, you know, use the app to check in on their flights, and they do. They just do all these things. They just are, no, they're taking advantage of the conveniences of modern day life. Yeah, and they just aren't, and they don't care if Probably. Alexa is listening to them because it's just like whatever. Alexa can listen. We've got no information here, anyway. Yeah, exactly. They're like, I don't have it. Those are the people that I'm, that always say, well, I don't have anything to hide. What do you do? What do you have to hide? So like, not everyone is like us in this sort of like perpetual, you know, mind game of trying to beat the system and trying to. You know, I think we have different aspirations, but we both hope that there would be sort of a authenticity into our human interactions that maybe we see as being more and more. How about f- there's just like effective fleeting. human interactions on a regular basis, Alex? <laughs> so, so, you know what I mean? Like, do you I'm wish you were about, okay? You're do you married. Wish you, I'm married. Do you, wait, wait. Do you wish you before you go? Wait, before time. you go there. Do you? Do your you, wife, your best friend, the person you're supposed to be able to confide anything in. What about you know? what about them? I'm saying, like, think about how hard it is to do that, like to communicate with that person. Yeah. Let alone to communicate with a random stranger or somebody. You know what I mean? So do you wish you were like that person? Do you wish it was just simpler for you to like kind of 
make money. I wish I could just turn it all off and make my brain stop working and not think about shit all the time and the same problem you probably have. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Sometimes, but then I feel like life would be either really boring or I would just be too dumb to appreciate it anyways. I don't know. Yeah, but is appreciation of life a constant dissatisfaction? That's what it feels like maybe my brand is. My brand is saying... Are you, are you, are you dissatisfied with your life, though? Oh, I'm constantly looking for ways that could be better. Like, But, I are, could, that, but that, 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 that's not my question. Are you dissatisfied with your life? Because if you are, then you should change something. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, the, that's why I'm asking about where to live, because I'm not happy with where I live. And someone would say, well, how, how can that be true? Like, it's green, it's like an urban, uh, you know, it's like an urban... And you're never actually going to be happy with where you live because there's always because you know this, maybe this is a better way to put it. You know what else is out there, right? Think about all my like I think about all my friends from the Midwest who, when I said, "Hey, we're getting married in Europe," like blah 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 blah, and they're like, "Oh, that's cool, have fun." And I was like, "Wait, you're not going to come?" And they're like, "No, that would require me to get a passport." And I'm like, "So?" And they're like, "Dude, I'm not leaving. Why would I go? Everything's cool here." And when you don't know, then you're not missing out on anything. You know what I mean? But when you know. Then you're like, oh, shit, I know this is going on here, too, and I know these people are doing this, and I know this is happening here. And and the more you know, the more of those things you're aware of, and the more you realize that, like, there's a fucking unlimited amount of shit to do in this world in one lifetime that you should be out doing stuff and experiencing things and, like, the human connection, and everybody would rather just look at a fucking Instagram page. I don't know. Landline, let's check the answering machine. You have eight new messages. First voice message. Hey, it's Anna. I finished um, the daily today, decided to try out your podcast, and thought it would be really funny to call your landline. So here I am. Really fun podcast. Good work. I'll talk to you guys later. Hope you have a good week. Bye. End of message. Next voice message. Gabe, our famous guy in L.A. I know you're not working because you just sent a 4,500-word email about our fantasy football league. Call me. Bye. End of message. To erase this message. Message erased. Next voice message. Gabe, our famous guy in L.A. Putin, 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 take out Putin, take out Putin. End of message. To erase this message, press 7. Message erased. Next voice message. Gabe, our famous guy in Los Angeles. You never answer your fucking phone. End of message. To erase message erased. Landline. Landline. Do you want to do just your worst trying to find a place to live story in under five minutes? Like, what's the uh, what? Wor- just get Northern California winemaker, well respected, professional, shows up to work on time, only does methamphetamines twice a week. What? 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 What is your dollar buy in Northern California? Not a lot. Not a lot. Are we talking about? Buying or renting? Well, we I've got a long uh, interview with my friend Giles about um, just how there's nowhere to live, and I thought that you could be the real estate broker on the podcast. Yeah, well... Um, I think the th- $1,000 a square foot, or... Um, I mean, what's, have you gone and visited a house? Like, what's the, what's the most dejected you've ever felt walking away from an investigation? Well, there was a house in San Anselmo that was sort of classic, old craftsman on a hill. It was literally sliding off the hill and would take hundreds of thousands of dollars of retrofitting and foundation work. 
and we still couldn't afford it. So, and what was the sliding house? What was like the smirk on the real estate agent's face? Like, what was the tour like? I mean, you're you have a thrifty Yankee heart. That's your biggest problem being in Northern California. But what was how far? She, just knew, she knew she was going to sell it, so it didn't matter. And and uh, what was the price tag there? Oh, I don't know. It might have been seven fifty, something like that. I mean, it's something enough that we could get excited about going and looking at it, um, but enough to know that we really couldn't afford it. All right, you sound just dejected by me bringing it up. Well, I am. <laughs> I hadn't been thinking about real estate today. I was about to cook a a saka, which is a garbanzo bean crepe. Yum. All right, well, do you have any commentary on just the Bay Area? It's the epicenter of real estate values and, you know, the the haves and the have-nots. Like, do you think even in a house an hour and a half from Silicon Valley is impacted by the success of technology commercially? I mean, yes, but, you know, there's still places that you can live in the Bay Area. You just have to be willing to not go out at night or commute an hour and a half plus all right well i don't want to interrupt your garbanzo beans i'm sorry if i put you in a bad mood yeah it's all right i'll uh i'll circle back with you later okay bye bye in vino there's veritas in friendship there's two of us it's two guys in one cup it's true guys in one cup landline everybody would rather just look at a fucking instagram page i don't know exactly that's where they're getting it all is just watching all those things happen you could i mean this is i guess my thesis is that you could stay in your hometown and become part of the school board and walk to the post office and write letters to the to the editor and you know I'm basically just describing my dad right now and you might feel more satisfied like doing a heavier lift in a smaller place than constantly aspiring to go to Tulum and you know take an Instagram photo and like go on the best spring breaks and and be in places that people aspire to be in I mean that's the problem with the places that are I live in a place where people aspire to be in and I'm telling you as somebody who lives here it's great half the time and half the time, it's like, what the fuck? Right. And I'm sure it's like that for most intelligent people who are well-traveled and well-versed and have friends all over the world. It's going to be like that. When you asked me about this topic, I really like sat down and thought about it. And I was like, because you know my wife and I have been looking to move for years. Years. Like, figure something out. What else are we going to do? Where are we going to do it? How would we make that work? Like, and, and the only place we ever came up with was like, and this was, I don't know, six years ago. We were like, oh, it'd be sweet to live in Barcelona. Because it met all of our criteria, whatever those were at the time. Beach, ocean. City, not too big, not too small, bunch of culture, it's safe, not overrun with tourists, you know, it's still a beautiful place in Europe. And now it's overrun with tourists, and it's not really that safe, and the beaches are ruined, and the ocean is filthy, and you can't really do all those things. So it's like one of those, even if we had moved there seven years ago, let's say, we'd still be sitting there right now going, wow, this place changed, and it's not what we moved here for. Yeah, so living places that aren't cool is the key then. I mean, that's one takeaway. I don't know if it's living places that aren't cool, but it's maybe not expecting every place to be the coolest motherfucking place in the world or trying to pretend that it is so much so that your expectation of what goes on is always let down. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think maybe it's just looking at it through the lens of where you live is where you eat cereal and where you fill your bird feeder and where you, you know, have to wait in line at the post office. And, 
and you know where you travel and and where you um you know explore are different places than that and you know i guess it's a question of for me i would love to be able to get the most amount of the place i call my home while only hoping that a few of the things that i aspire for are are far you know are far away so um, I think that's the best you can do, man. I, I honestly, I, I think that's all you can do. As like an intelligent individual, is like get out the mo, get the most out of the place you live. Do the best you can for it. And maybe this is just you're turning. Never thir- gonna be, you're, you can't you can't expect to be happy with everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can try to yeah constantly achieve it. And try and you're gonna fail and you're gonna be disappointed over it, or you can accept the reality of the situation and just be like, you know what? Sometimes shit sucks. Like, sometimes that homeless guy on the fucking tram is going to sit next to me and he's going to say some fucked up shit. Do you know what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to try to figure out a way as a dad to explain to my kid why that shouldn't happen, whatever. But, like, I still have that responsibility just to my kid. You know what I mean? Because I don't want him walking away going, oh, well, that's an appropriate way to treat people. Right. Like, it's... It, well, Nothing's uh, ever, that... ever going to be exactly what you want, and there's no... There's no quick fix. But I think that, you know, I I think it's fair to say that most people our age have kind of come into the end of their youth at age 35. And that's crazy to think, but that's the world we're in where their value system was around restaurants and cool people and cool fashion and cool stories. And that increasingly, and maybe this is just turning 35 years old, that you realize, well, that stuff is like is less of a there's less of a there there than I thought there was. I don't really go out to dinner anyways. And when I do, I have to Can pay. I ask an... you a question? Can I ask you a question real quick before yeah. you go further on that? Because of, of, is it the stuff or was it the people making the stuff? What do you mean? I like, feel like, like you say like all the stuff that made places cool and whatever. And like, I know you spent a lot of time in New York in your youth. I obviously did not. Um, but like people always talk about, Oh, this place used to be so cool. And this place used to blah blah, and it's all gone. And I'm thinking to myself, like, well, the stuff isn't gone. It's the people who made the stuff that left. You know what I mean? Well, the I. Th- and is that what you're missing? Because, no. Like, no, no, no. I don't. I feel, I, I feel like you're you're saying like, oh, I missed like there was all this awesome stuff, and then these people left, and the stuff left. Well, that's why there's like no what? awesome stuff. Like art, like artists, or yeah, I, like artists, just just cool people. Like it's the people that make the stuff. It's not the no, the I, I'm saying I could. You know I, mean? I, I think cool people. I'm over. I'm. I don't think cool is cool anymore. I think people have become co-opted. Cool has been become co-opted. If there's no cool people aren't on the internet. They're not on Instagram. They're not trying to make a brand that's scalable. Cool people are like truly interfacing with their natural environment and with the people around them. Cool people you don't hear about. You don't read about in the New York Times. Cool people don't give a shit what the national dialogue is about all these issues that are constantly polluting our brain that really have no factor in our everyday lives. Like that's what I'm saying. It's like if there's a salad chain that is in every single, you know, urban center that is seasonal like it's not cool anymore it's just not it's like it's it's now just commercialized cool has become commercialized i'm saying i don't i don't want to live in a place where it's like a vibrant community full of young creative people like i call bullshit on that these people are just putting a bunch of plastic in landfills ultimately so i'm saying you know i want to live where you live and maybe you want to live where i do and that was kind of the premise of this conversation but you know you're there there is a challenge here in that 
everything has to be sort of like cultural in the city and that's supposed to be good for you. And it's like, I'm not sure that the culture we're teaching, we're expanding, we're illuminating, we're celebrating is like better for us. I think maybe the boringness of being a civic activist in a small town someplace is actually like a more fulfilling goal to try to achieve during your lifetime. That's kind of the crux of my problem. Yeah, I mean, everybody's thinking that they're going to fucking, you know, everybody's a journalist, everybody's a photographer, everybody's a, you know, a meme maker. I mean, we're all guilty of it, but it's one of those, at the end of the day, I'm coming home and I'm still jumping behind this bar and I'm still doing what I do best in this world right now. And that's right now. And maybe it's not what it is in five years. Maybe it is. But you got to kind of, you got to be happy. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, um... On that note, you should call the landline when you have a when lightning strikes you of a reason why you either love or hate living where you do. And I will also chime in with those tidbits when I'm recording other episodes, and we'll just layer those in. This can be a theme of the show. There's no place like to live. It. I like it, and I love you, sir. It's nice to hear your voice again. All right, happy Saturday night at Hostel Tabaret. Yep, I'm gonna go work till two in the morning. We got a punk show tonight with the. Uh... Shout out to the brand new Luddites and Savage Hen, two punk bands. One's local, one's out of Burlington. We are, I don't know, 25th music show of the winter. You can check everything out at HustleTevere.com and find me at Giles A. Smith on all platforms. All right. Great to talk you're to you. You're a good man. Thank you for doing this. Dude, you're a good man. I'm glad I was able to fit it in. And um, please give your uh, lovely wife a hug and kiss for me and your baby as well. And vice versa. I will do so. Babies now, man. You gotta, I'll send you a picture of Millie. She looks like a tiny fin. It's crazy. God, I'll be there with you in July. You coming? No, but I'm going to have a second baby. <gasps> Wait, did you just break the news on Landline or no? Yeah, I, like I, we haven't really broken it. We've talked about it without breaking it. It's like I don't want to... Congratulations. Do you guys know boy or girl? We don't know. Are you going to find out? We're trying not to. Very Landline. Oh, you guys are so traditional. Love it. Trying not to. Good luck. All right. We'll talk to you later. Landline Podcast. Love you, buddy. Bye. Cheers. You're listening to Landline.